Welcome to Animal Rights, the Abolitionist Approach Commentary. I'm Gary Francione. This is our third No Frills, No Bells, No Whistles commentary. The subject of this segment is Michael Vick, and in particular, the call by some animal advocates for a boycott of the NFL and of the sponsors of the Philadelphia Eagles, which is the team that's given Vick a contract. And I'd like to th- us to think about the Vic situation uh, for a few minutes and about whether this should be turned into yet another single issue campaign that on different levels is going to confuse the public or whether we shouldn't use the Vic situation to try to educate people and get them to think about why it is they're upset about what Michael Vick did and provoke them into questioning themselves about whether or not their reaction to Michael Vick should lead them to change certain things in their lives so that they become consistent with what they say they believe when they criticize Michael Vick. So is it going to be a single-issue campaign or is it going to be an opportunity for deeper, broader, vegan abolitionist education. I would like to suggest we ought to use it for the latter purpose, and I would like to suggest it provides an excellent vehicle to do so. Now, in 2007, when this issue came to light, I wrote several blog essays, and uh, a newspaper editorial that was published in the Philadelphia Daily News, the title of which was, We're All Michael Vick. Now, the purpose of the editorial was to try to react to the fact that there was an enormous response to what Vic did. And it wasn't coming just from the animal advocacy community. I mean, there was general opposition and and, and outrage expressed by people over Michael Vick and the dogfighting. And why were people upset? Well, they were upset because Michael Vick was inflicting suffering and death on dogs for reasons of pleasure and amusement. He just thought it was fun. He enjoyed it. People thought that was outrageous. The purpose of my editorial was to say, okay, fine. What he did was terrible. But think about it for a second. Most of us are involved in using animals in various ways that are also transparently frivolous and that also can be justified only by reasons of pleasure or amusement. Now the example that I chose was the use of animals for food because that's our numerically most significant use of animals. What is the best justification we have for killing billions and billions of animals every year for food? The answer is we enjoy it. They taste good. There's no necessity involved. It's not necessary to eat animal products. Indeed, an increasing number of Healthcare professionals are telling us that animal products are detrimental for us, but whether they are or they're not is really beside the point. The point is, we don't need them. Animal agriculture is most certainly an ecological disaster. That's clear. So the best justification we have for inflicting horrendous suffering and death on billions of animals every year is they taste good. And what I was trying to argue in the editorial was how is this any different from Michael Vick? He likes to sit around the dogfighting pit watching dogs fight. Most of us like to sit around the summer barbecue pit roasting the flesh of animals that have been tortured every bit as much as Vick's dogs. 
Now, interestingly, that editorial resulted in quite a reaction. Uh, I got well over a thousand emails in a fairly short period of time. And I've been getting emails on that editorial ever since 2007. And uh, although I can certainly assure you that there were some people who didn't like it, uh, many people who wrote said that the editorial got them thinking about the issue in a way they had never thought about it before. That they, you know, that there were people who liked their dogs and they were upset about what Vic did, and they never really thought about the question that I was asking in the editorial, which is, what's the difference between the dog you love and the the pig you're sticking a fork into? And many people wrote to me then in 2007 saying, you've got me thinking about this. Some people went further in 2007 and said, you got me thinking about this and I'm not really considering veganism as, a, as an option. I had some people say, I'm going to become a vegan. And I've had people writing me since saying, you know, ever since I read that editorial, I've been thinking about it, I've been provoked by it. And I really don't have a good answer. I've talked about it with my friends, with my family. And I've come to the conclusion that if I do take animal interests seriously, and I do, that I really don't have a choice but to stop using them and consuming them in my own life. So that editorial served its purpose, which was to provoke some serious discussion, thinking about the fact that most of our animal use is transparently frivolous and that we don't need to get into complicated discussions about animal rights to come to the conclusion that we ought not to inflict suffering and death on animals for reasons of pleasure or amusement. That that's not a sufficient justification and that most of us recognize that. On some level, we just need to generalize it and to make it consistent across the spectrum of animals and not just apply to dogs or cats or other animals that we give a privileged position to. Okay, now Michael Vick is out of prison. The NFL has lifted the suspension and animal advocates are calling for a boycott. I would respectfully suggest that a boycott in this situation makes absolutely no sense. Think about it. Michael Vick's going to be playing football in a stadium that sells zillions of hamburgs and hot dogs, cartons of milk, various ice cream confections, pizzas loaded with cheese, where the players are wearing animal products, and where the ball that is the focus of the game is made from the skin of a butchered pig. I fail to see how a boycott of the NFL or of the sponsors of the Eagles does anything to educate the public about the problem of animal exploitation. Indeed, I think it does the opposite. I think it confuses them. This boycott is a perfect example of what I call the single-issue campaign, which attempts to persuade the public that there is something involving animals that is somehow distinguishable and worse than everything else involving animals, and that's the thing we ought to go after. Whether it's Michael Vick and dogfighting, or red veal versus white veal, or whether it's an anti-fur campaign, or whatever the single-issue campaign is, 
it is fraught with a any single issue campaign is fraught with a significant moral hazard and that is it runs the risk of conveying to the public the notion that some forms of animal exploitation are worse than other forms of animal exploitation and not only is that morally problematic but most people are smart enough to see through that so if you say to somebody you ought not to be wearing fur they're going to see that the arguments that you're making would apply to leather and wool and silk as well and since you haven't made the argument that they shouldn't use animals for clothing at all and that there are, are, are non-animal alternatives they're going to say well why should I not wear fur what's the difference between fur and leather we haven't given them a good basis to understand why the use of animals for clothing or any other purpose is not morally justifiable so the single issue campaign single issue campaigns are always problematic they're always problematic they're partic it's particularly problematic in this situation because we live in a, in a society that fetishizes dogs and cats now that's not to say that we don't treat dogs and cats badly because as I mentioned in the uh, the last commentary we do but nevertheless they have a privileged position dogs and cats have a privileged position so by calling for a boycott because of the dog fighting what we're suggesting is the exploitation of dogs is, is somehow worse than the exploitation of other animals so not only is it a single-issue campaign that is fraught with the hazard that's inherent in all single-issue campaigns of of characterizing one form of exploitation as worse than other forms of exploitation but in this case it feeds right into the notion that dogs are different from other animals and that it's alright for us to be upset about what happens to dogs but not upset about what happens to other animals the Vic case presents us with an excellent opportunity to educate people there are a lot of people out there who are very upset about what Michael Vick did they've been upset since 2007 they continue to be upset now that he's got a contract this issue has become revived and people are upset again this is an excellent opportunity to say to people okay you're upset you're upset because Michael Vick did something terrible to these animals he tortured them he killed them because he got a kick out of it but we need to think about how how our own activity is very much like what Michael Vick did we may not not be doing it ourselves although some of us do we may not be doing it ourselves but we're paying somebody to do it and so we're paying people to inflict suffering and death on animals because we get a kick out of it because we enjoy the taste this is an excellent opportunity to get people to confront what I call our moral schizophrenia an excellent opportunity for them to start asking themselves what is the difference between the dog that I love 
and the, the pig that I'm sticking a fork into or that's being used to make a football what is the difference we do not need complicated arguments of animal rights to get people to see that much of what we do is inconsistent with what we say we believe and I, I think most people really do believe I mean, yes there are many people who don't care about animals but there are a lot of people who do and there are a lot of people who are responsive when you get them to focus and to think in a serious way and this is where veganism and creative vegan education comes in we need to be having a serious discussion about a serious issue we need to be engaging people on a different level from the level that we've been engaging them for the past decade or so where it's all been media hype and naked women sitting in cages and this media event and that media event that helps the organizations focus attention on themselves and it and it results in people sitting and you know writing checks that's what it does the single issue campaign is a great vehicle for raising money the single issue campaign com combined with media hype whether it's you know rock stars or naked women or whatever great ways to raise money but not very effective I mean I would have a problem with some of these things even if they were effective but they're not effective we need to have some serious discussion about the issue of animal exploitation we're not going to get that by focusing on single-issue campaigns we're not going to get that by feeding into the notion that dogs are somehow different so it's alright for us to be upset about the torture and death of dogs but it's not alright for us to be upset about or there's something peculiar about being upset about the, the torture and death of animals that are not privileged the Vic case provides an excellent excellent opportunity for us to engage others in discussion about these issues so again it's all a zero-sum game everything that we do every second of time that we spend doing one form of advocacy every nickel that we spend pursuing some form of advocacy is a second less of time and less financial resources put into other forms of advocacy I would suggest that it would be much more effective to use the Vic campaign or the Vic issue rather as part of a campaign to educate people to get them to think about why they are so upset about what Michael Vick did and get them to focus on the fact that their reaction their moral beliefs are inconsistent with their own activity in many cases and that maybe they should think about that that maybe they need to think more clearly about how their beliefs and their feelings are inconsistent with what they're doing with their own actions is everybody going to respond and say oh yeah I'm going to become vegan no of course not are many people going to be provoked into thinking about the issue yes are people going to become vegan as a result of thinking about the issue yes I suggest 
we're not going to get very far at all by calling for a boycott of the NFL and of the Eagle sponsors. It really makes no sense. The message it sends out is very confused. Indeed, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very troubling message because it reinforces this notion that dogs are, are different from other animals that we exploit. That's not the message we ought to be sending out. So in conclusion, I'm suggesting that we not use the Michael Vick situation to construct yet another single-issue campaign that is going to send confused, conflicting, and problematic messages to the public. I am suggesting that we seize this opportunity to get people to think about an important issue. We are a culture that claims to accept the notion that it's wrong to inflict unnecessary suffering and death on animals. And most people really do believe that pleasure or amusement do not constitute sufficient justifications for inflicting suffering and death on animals. The problem is people act inconsistently. The problem is people can look at a situation like Michael Vick and become very upset because Vick engaged in conduct that violates that widely accepted norm, but yet they don't see they're violating it as well. We can get an interesting discussion going about this. I know, I've been having it with people for two years since I wrote that editorial. It's probably the, 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 the topic I've talked about most with people over the past two years has been the Michael Vick situation. You know, yesterday I was at a gas station, and I was getting some gas, and it's one of these pumps where there's hoses on both sides and there's a many gas stations now unfortunately have these screens uh, where I uh, you get news and advertisements so you can't even pump your gas in peace anymore and there was a um, mention of the Michael Vick situation and the, and the uh, guy who was on the other side of the pump said you know what he did was terrible and I said yeah it sure was and he said I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to watch an Eagles game and see that guy without thinking about those dogs and I said, yeah, I understand. And I said, but, I said, you know, I said, um, there's another way of looking at it. How are you ever going to watch an Eagles game while you're sitting there eating a hamburger or a hot dog made from animals who had a life and death every bit as horrible uh, as Vic's dogs? And the guy looked at me and he smiled and he said, that's an interesting perspective. He didn't say anything more. He said, that's an interesting perspective. He didn't get upset about the fact that I had raised the issue with him, as some animal advocates would have us believe that, you know, boy, if we raise these issues, we're going to upset people. And he said, interesting. And he smiled. Perhaps it dawned on him that from the standpoint of the animals, Michael Vick is no different from the rest of us. So I think we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity in which we can either have people entering a stadium passing by a demonstration of naked women who would rather go naked than watch Michael Vick play football or we can use this situation to have a discussion about a serious issue we can use this situation to start shifting the paradigm away from the, the, the notion of animals as things and toward the moral personhood of animals the choice is ours. 
Thank you very much for listening. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do. Visit us at abolitionistapproach.com or come to Facebook or Twitter. Thanks again.